we have to give kids the freedom and more importantly, the safety to feel the entirety of their emotions, to feel everything that they're going through. And then once they've moved through it, once they've moved to a space of stability, then you could ask them a question like, hey, how would you love to feel right now? Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Today's topic is for parents. So, firstly, look, if you do not have children and if you don't give a damn about teaching meditation to kids, it's okay to skip this episode and go on to the next episode. But if you are a parent, and I'm guessing half of you have produced offspring of some sort, you're <laughs> going to find sort. this this conversation or otherwise. fascinating. The woman you hear in the background, that's Emily Fletcher. She's live with me right now in front of an audience of Mind Valley members. And we're talking about Emily's new project, which essentially is about teaching meditation to kids. Now, before we get to that, let me tell you about Emily. Emily is the meditation teacher on Mind Valley. She's also one of the world's leading experts on meditation. She's been invited to teach at Google, at Harvard Business School, at Summit Series, at Mind Valley's own AFEST, at the Omega Center. And Emily's story is that she was a former Broadway performer who started going gray at the age of 27. She discovered meditation and was able to not just grow in her Broadway career. And, you know, the level of people Emily has performed on stage with is a whole other story. Meditation changed her life so much. She went on to start the Ziva Meditation School in New York. I visited their facility in downtown New York. It is an amazing process. They teach mental techniques that combine the stress-relieving benefits of meditation with the mental clarity of mindfulness. She's been training Oscar, Grammy, Tony Award winners, NBA athletes, CEOs, and of course, busy parents. A couple of highlights about Emily. She's been featured in the New York Times, Good Morning America, the Today Show. She's named one of the top 100 wellness women to watch. And she, as I said, is the founder of Ziva Meditation. So Emily, welcome to Mind Valley. I am so happy to be here. It's so good to see your face. And I'm so thrilled to be live and to be recording this. What a joy. Emily, before we start, I just want to make sure people know your website. Okay, so it's zivameditation.com for everyone. And if you're interested in the topic today, which is Ziva Kids, teaching meditation to kids, go to zivameditation.com forward slash kids. I want you to know this is not an affiliate pitch on any kind. I don't get any credit for sharing this. I wanted to get Emily on the Mind Valley podcast because my daughter, who is seven years old, her name is Eve, she just started getting into meditation. I want to jump on this opportunity. I want to make sure that I am there to guide her so that this becomes something that she doesn't just dabble with, but she goes deeper with. Because I know the world Eve is going to be stepping into. Schools right now are closed. She can't see her classmates. She has to learn on Zoom at home. And with this disruption in her way of life, I think meditation could be really beneficial to her. So Emily, let's get started. Okay, beautiful. So I think that you're so smart to utilize this beautiful window that your daughter is in right now to introduce her to these tools. Because kids, when they're in this phase of life, they're actually 
almost already in a meditative state. They're almost in like a pre-hypnotic state. That's why it's very hard to access memories before eight years old with the conscious mind. Oftentimes, if you have trauma in your childhood, it's easier to access it through things like hypnosis or EMDR or psychedelic therapy. And so there's a window that closes in the brain of a child. And there's a really special window where it's easier to introduce these tools like meditation to them. And so the fact that your daughter is seven, I think that this is an awesome time to start. Now, Ziva Kids, we teach kids ages four to 14, but I am finding that there's two separate courses inside of Ziva Kids and the four to eight-year-old one, the kids are more open to it. They're more enthusiastic about it. The adoption rate is higher. And so, you know, we're really looking at that as this program is new and seeing what we can do to really inspire and entice the preteens to meditate. So, but I think that Eve's in a perfect stage to start. Amazing. Amazing. So firstly, I like what you said about kids under the age of eight already in that meditative level of mind. I remember reading the works of Jose Silva. He created the Silva method, which now is part of Mind Valley. And Jose Silva said something, and I wonder if you agree. Now, remember, this was 1970s science, so it may be different right now. But he said kids below the age of four tend to operate primarily in the delta level of mind. When you're four to seven, you're at theta. Seven to 12, you're operating mainly at the alpha brainwave frequency. And then when you hit 13, you start operating at beta frequencies. Do you think this is true? Yes, I would agree with that. I've not done a ton of study in those particular waves, but as I'm starting to see kids move through this training and different age groups adapt to it and take to it, that seems to resonate as accurate to me. If kids under 12 are already operating at the alpha level of mind, then do they even need meditation? Well, the thing that I find is that it's not like kids have to be as disciplined as we do as adults, right? We as adults, you know, we're dealing with emails and text messages and our prefrontal cortex is so developed and that's the executive function of the brain. And that's what I would call like the left brain, which is in charge of the past and the future. Whereas children are more in that state of present moment awareness. Their right brain is more active. They're in this state of wonder and almost all experiences are new to them, which even experiencing something new activates a different part of the brain. And so we as adults have to be more disciplined about our practice. It's very important that we do it every day. At Ziva, I teach twice a day. Whereas children, to me, it's more about planting the seed. It's more about showing them what's possible. It's about letting them know that they have the ability to turn inward for their kindness, their bravery, their creativity. And these are really the qualities that we're teaching kids inside of the training. And to me, it's like once you let them know that they can turn inward for their own happiness and fulfillment, that is a visceral knowledge. That is an experience that they can never unlearn. And they'll be able to take that experience with them as their brain state starts changing, as that prefrontal cortex comes online, as they move into more, I guess, quote unquote, stressful states of awareness, they will now have not only that visceral memory of what it was like, but the ability to access it. One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality, to health and wellness, to relationship, is that life is enormous. And there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where 
Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. Again, and I find with children, it's not about well, every morning at 6 a.m. you're going to get up and meditate. No, it's just teaching them that before a test, before a sports tryout, if someone's bullying them in school, that they can turn to their internal screen versus always looking to an external screen for happiness and fulfillment. That's so interesting. I like the way you put it there. Now, I'm guessing it's not just stress. Let's look at a common thing that kids suffer from, right? Peer pressure and bullying. What does meditation give a child to help the child in those situations? Bullying can create a classic fight or flight response. It would be just like if we were hunting and gathering in the woods and a tiger jumped out at us. You know, body would launch into a series of chemical reactions. And the same thing happens if there's a bully. You feel like your life is being threatened. If someone is bigger than you, stronger than you, threatening you, that's a classic stress response. So it's not about teaching kids that they should never get stressed. It's about letting them know that when and if they get stressed, they now have a toolkit that they can draw from to bring them back into a state that feels good to them. And what's really important and what I teach parents as they move through the Ziva Kids training, because there is an adult component to it as well, letting kids feel the entirety of their emotions. I never want parents to use meditation and certainly not Ziva as a pain pill, right? So it wouldn't be like, mommy, you know, a bully bullied me today. Okay, we'll just do some breathing and don't worry about it. Or I'm feeling scared in my bed at night. It's like, okay, we'll just do your meditation and calm down. No, we have to give kids the freedom and more importantly, the safety to feel the entirety of their emotions, to feel everything that they're going through. And then once they've moved through it, once they've moved to a space of stability, then you could ask them a question like, Hey, how would you love to feel right now? And then let them answer the question. I would love to feel happy. I would love to feel safe. I would love to feel fun. And then you could ask, okay, well, what are your tools could we use to help us get there? And so that's really what Ziva Kids is doing. It's teaching them mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. These are the three M's of the Ziva technique. So that kids, once they move through those emotions, can then pull on their tools to help them create a state change internally versus being like, well, let me go to the bottle or let me go to the candy or let me go to the Roblox or let me go to the Facebook or the social media in order to boost myself externally. No, instead, they're starting to be resilient internally. When you said let me go to the bottle. I'm thinking, what kind of kids like <laughs> alcoholism? Well, I was referring to the milk bottle. I still have a two year and a half year old son. So <laughs> hopefully they're not shooting that tequila just it. yet. <laughs> that explains it. I know in Europe, we do things differently here, but that would be dangerous <laughs> in America. So you said something else that piqued my interest. There are three components here, meditation, mindfulness, manifesting. Could you define all three? Yes, I'd be happy to. So a lot of people are using the terms mindfulness and meditation as synonyms, but they're different things. So I would define mindfulness as the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment, which is beautiful and powerful and necessary. And that's what most of the apps and the YouTube videos and the drop-in studios are teaching, what I would call mindfulness. 
Mindfulness is very good at creating a state change or handling your stress in the now. This is different than what I would call meditation, certainly what we teach at Ziva, which is all about getting rid of your stress from the past. And the way that we do that is we induce a state of consciousness that is giving your body rest that is five times deeper than sleep. And when you give your body the rest that it needs, it knows how to heal itself. Now, the cool thing that happens here is unlike mindfulness, which is really just healing your stress from the now, the meditation, when you give your body that deep rest, it starts to heal the stress from our past. Now, a lot of people think, well, how could you have stress from your past? Well, every time you've ever been in a fight or flight situation, that bully, your parents' divorce, the breakup, all of it has been stored in our cellular memory. And now we're even starting to learn that we've inherited it epigenetically, that we can inherit it from at least up to two generations prior, possibly as long as seven generations prior. And so even children at four or five, six years old, even if they haven't had much trauma in this lifetime, it's possible that if their mom was stressed when she was pregnant or if their grandparents were Holocaust survivors, that there could be some generational trauma passed down epigenetically. So even children do have some cleanup work to do. That is mind-blowing science. Like you would think it is spiritual mumbo-jumbo when you talk about epigenetics, mm -hmm. but that's now being scientifically validated. And it's just fascinating that the stress of your great-great-great-great-great-grandparents can in a way influence you. The studies that I've read, I've only seen it proved up to two generations, but I know that there are hypotheses up to seven. And if you've seen the science on seven generations, I would love to see it. I believe that to be true, just anecdotally from my students who I know, like their great-grandparents were in the Holocaust or they were survivors of the Japanese Holocaust. And so there's just an imprint that is there. What we do with meditation is that we're basically de-exciting the nervous system. We're creating order in the body so that all of that stress and trauma that's been stored in our cells can start to come up and out. And this is really where the magic happens because that accumulation of stress over time is what unfortunately makes us stupid, sick, and slow. It's what's making our kids have these overwhelming temper tantrums or start to have chronic anxiety or start to get addicted to things like social media or phones or other substances, or you know, teen suicide is on the rise at a rate that we've never seen right. before in human history. And so these are things that we have to take really, really seriously. Our children have been under an extraordinary amount of demand, even before the pandemic, but now with isolation and loneliness, which we know is physiologically worse for us than smoking, we as adults have a responsibility to do right by our children and to make sure that we are equipping them with the tools that they need to move through this stress and trauma in a way that can make them more resilient versus do unnecessary damage. So mindfulness, to go back to the three M's, we've got mindfulness, which is really good at dealing with their stress in the now, meditation, really good at dealing with their stress from the past. And then there's manifesting, which I know that you're a huge fan of. You're a beautiful teacher of it. I would define manifesting as consciously creating a life you love. It's you getting intentional about what you want your life to look like. And the way that I teach that to children is very simple. With the little kids, so again, there's two courses. The four to eight-year-olds, we do something called the wish balloon. After they've done some belly balloon breathing, where they imagine a balloon in their belly, then they turn that balloon into a wish balloon. And they put all of their wishes for the day inside of the balloon, and then they release it up into the air. And I think it's so nice because it's one, inviting them to get clear on how they want to feel that day. Right. Two, it's allowing them to release it outside of their bodies, bringing it from inside to outside. And then it's a form of surrender. They're letting that wish balloon go up into the sky versus feeling like they have to make it happen or they have to be responsible for it. There's that. And then with the older kids, I'm teaching them 
how to look for qualities in other people that they admire. And then to know that if you can see someone else's intelligence, that's because you have that intelligence inside of you. If you admire someone else's bravery, that's because you have that bravery inside of you. And so they're starting to sort of turn up these qualities inside of themselves that they want to manifest. I love that idea. I learned that from Tony Robbins. I believe he calls it projection. These are amazing ideas. So again, for those of you who want to go deeper, zivameditation.com forward slash kids, go check it out. You can sign up. Emily, how many hours is the program? So it's seven days. For the little kids, it's about 12 to 15 minutes a day. And for the older kids, it's about 15 to 17 minutes a day. And then there are lots of bonuses. There's actually three training videos for adults. And that's not teaching them how to meditate. It's teaching them how to be a really good sidekick as your kid is training to be a superhero. And then so many curated bonuses and then a hundred day progress pathway. So once your kid graduates from the training, the idea is that it's no more screen time. You have these tools, you're self-sufficient in them. Now your kid's gonna be able to meditate before a test, before a soccer tryout, before a school performance. And you and your whole family will have a hundred days of emails and teachings and advanced learnings to really make it a habit for the whole family. So seven days. So what I could do is I could teach Eve one lesson every day, every Saturday for seven weeks. And that would be fine as well. Yeah, you could do that. It's designed to be done day after day on consecutive days. But I think that depending on your child's memory, and if you were refreshing things in between during the week, I think once every Saturday for seven weeks would be awesome because it's going from short-term memory to long-term memory, and you're really starting to create a habit. I was thinking that people might go through it when they start, they'll do the whole week. And then maybe before school starts the next year or on spring break or before a holiday vacation, it'll be a nice time to revisit And once you join, you have access for the life of the program. So it's not like you lose access after seven days or anything. That's great. I can't wait to get started. Now, just a question. I know there are many parents here who might be interested as well. What is the age group for kids? Because I have a 13-year-old. Would he resonate with this? Ziva Kids is for ages four to 14, and there's two different courses inside. One is called Play, and in that one, I have an awesome co-star. His name is Z Bunny. So something I haven't mentioned is I've been working on Ziva Kids for two years. I've been working with folks from Harvard and Sesame Street. So our writer, our puppet builder, and our puppeteer were all from Sesame Street. I've worked with child psychologists from Harvard. Um, Dr. Shafali was an advisor on it, which I'm sure everyone knows. Yeah, she's a Mind Valley teacher for conscious parenting. I'm sharing the website as you're mentioning this. The course from ages four to 14, there's a lot of Z Bunny and I, you'll see him there on the website. He's adorable and so funny. And Z Bunny is training to be a superhero. So every day he comes across these challenges. And of course, these challenges bring up big emotions. And we illustrate these emotions as the stormies. So there's a sad stormy, a scary stormy, and an angry stormy. I'm bringing them out here. These are our puppets that are representing these emotions for kids. I'm just curious about one thing because you said from four to 14, but on the website, it says there are two programs. Yes. So four to 14. And then there's play, which is for four to eight year olds. And then there's grow, which is nine to 14 year olds. So when you enroll, you can choose what's most appropriate for your child. So let's say for Eve, she's seven. So technically she would be in the play category. However, if Eve being your daughter has already done years of meditation and is super into science, then it's possible that she might enjoy the grow because there's more science in that. There's more peer learning. But if she's really into puppets, there's Dr. Shafali and also Michael Bernard Beckwith. Yeah, so here's our stormies here. So you get to decide if my nine-year-old really loves puppets, so I'm going to put him in the play. Yeah. Or See, my eight-year-old put- is super into neuroscience, I'm going to put her into grow. 
and each of this is 15 minutes. So what I'm educating my teenager, my 13-year-old, will be different from what I'm sharing with my seven-year-old. Yeah, the techniques are different and the training is definitely different. So the GROW, the preteen course, I took the kid gloves off and I really, I was honest about what stress is doing to our brains and bodies. Also, instead of having Z Bunny, who does make a few guest appearances, I used preteens to be my co-stars. So I talked to other kids about how meditation has helped them with school, social pressure, social media, bullying. And I have an interview with an 18-year-old kid who I taught to meditate five years ago. He's captain of the lacrosse team. He's about to go to an Ivy League school. He's at a prep boarding school. Mm -hmm. And so he has a very hard workload and a very hard sports schedule on top of college admissions. And he's sharing how much meditation helped him through that. And I know that when I was 12 and 13, I just really cared what the 17 and eight-year-old kids were doing. Like I just looked up to them. I deified them. So instead of just having me and a puppet talk to teenagers, I'm having their peers talk to them. I mentioned that Ariana Grande and Steph Curry and your favorite TikTok stars, that they're all meditating because that's really what gets them across the finish line. (laughs) That's amazing, Emily. I just love the quality of the production and how amazing this looks. This is really cool. So what I want to do next is just remind the audience, for those of you who are listening on the Mind Valley podcast or for any of you who are here, if you want to enroll in this, go to zivameditation.com forward slash kids. Now, Emily, I'd love to have you answer a couple of questions from the audience. So the first person here who has the highest rated question is Carlos Acuna. So Carlos's question is a fairly straightforward. So Carlos, I won't make you laugh because the question is really straightforward. And that is, our kids are too young and still haven't learned English. It's difficult to find content in Spanish. Would this be okay for kids who are not fully proficient in English? I have a two and a half year old son and technically Ziva's supposed to start at four years old, but Jasper is his name and he loves it. Now he's a terrible data point because I'm his only friend and it's only screen time that he ever gets. But what's been fascinating to me is that he's laughing, like he gets the jokes and he's remembering the concepts even later. So I think that age barrier is not as much of a concern, but I think with the language I mean, they would get the breathing, right? Because you don't need language for that. And they would get the bunny and they would understand the stormies because these are like physical illustrations of the emotions. But depending on their level of proficiency, I could see it being a little frustrating. Now, the cool thing here is that because you're going to have access for the life of the program, if you have plans of them learning English once they get in school, even showing them English movies or TV shows, then as they become more proficient, then they can always take it again in a year, two years as they become more familiar with it. Amazing. I like that. So we have a new leading question. This is from Stephen Campbell. Stephen, I'm going to make you a panelist and I want you to describe the situation you're experiencing with your 12-year-old and see if Emily can be of service. Okay. And I think many parents will be able to relate. So Stephen, feel free to turn on your camera whenever you're ready. Sorry, I've never used Zoom before, so it's my first time. Where are you right now? I'm in London, but I'm from Newcastle. Also, congratulations on making it through a year of a pandemic and this being your first Zoom. I'm very impressed with that. Well, the pandemic's hit us all hard, so you just got to do what you've got to do. I've used it to obviously become a healer kind of thing. So I'm doing Reiki and there are lots of meditations and things like that and improvements to my life and, you know, wellness. I'm trying to teach that to my son. Now, obviously, with today's age where children are so into the screens, you know, they get very bored very easily. They sit there and watch a screen for like eight hours at a time or play games. But if you try and get them involved in things 
when my son spends a lot of time with his mother, so he's allowed to do that. Obviously, we're separated. But when he's with me, I get him into fitness and, you know, meditations and things like that. But it's very boring for him. Mm. So him sitting there doing nothing, even though he can sit there and do nothing and watch rubbish on YouTube, you know, that's fine. But him sitting there doing nothing, trying to feel within himself and get to feel his emotions and, you know, find his own strengths and weaknesses and build his own confidence and stuff like that. I struggle to get that across to him. So what would you suggest for that? Great, Stephen, thank you so much for sharing that and being so brave and vulnerable. I know that you're not alone. I know there's so many parents that can relate that feel nervous or scared about the amount of screen time their kids are having or parents who are Mm. separated that have different philosophies from their co-parent. And at the end of the day, meditation is kind of boring. You know, you're just sort of sitting there and who wants to feel their feelings? No one. There's billions of dollars of industry built on top of ensuring that none of us have to feel a feeling. You know, have a bottle, have a toy, have an iPad, have some pills, have some Zoloft, have some Xanax. We've been trained since infancy not to feel our feelings. And so sometimes, especially at that age, at 12 years old, you know, and I think you said it's a son, like we're all trying to be grown up. We're trying to be tough. We're trying to pretend that we don't have feelings. And so to be confronted with that, to be asked to sit and one, be bored, two, feel it, of course, you're going to get resistance. So I think to go in and assume there'll be no resistance is naive. And now the question is, how do we meet that resistance? So I would recommend framing it as a tool to help them do whatever they love better. So whatever your child is into, let's say it's soccer. Okay, this meditation is a tool to help you be even better at soccer. Even if it's Roblox or video games, be like, you know what? You're going to be better at video games the less stressed you are because your brain is going to work better. You're going to have more spatial awareness. Your right and left hemispheres of your brain are going to function in unison. It's my whole philosophy at Ziva is that we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. That's how I teach adults. And now we translated that into children. So I would not recommend recommend going to your child and being like, look, this year has been awful. I can tell you have anxiety. I can tell you're dealing with depression, which is sort of intimating like you're broken and we're going to use this meditation tool to fix you. I think that that's going to create more resistance and more walls. Instead, we want to use what I call the Popeye effect. Think about Popeye back in the day, the cartoon character. He got a whole generation of kids to eat spinach, not because spinach is delicious, but because they thought it would give them big muscles. Right. And so it's the same thing here. Meditation is boring. We have to sell it. We have to sell it in a way that's going to make them want to do it. And this is why I've spent two years creating this training is because I used to be on Broadway. I am an entertainer. I've gotten writers, puppeteers. I've made this thing so enticing so that this is screen time that one, your kid is going to want to do and two, that you can feel good about as a parent. And I made this to take the pressure off of you, Stephen. Like I know you're using all these tools and doing all this training, but you're probably not a professional children's meditation teacher. So it's like, let me sell it. Let me be entertaining for you. And then just put on the video while you're making dinner and let your child come to it. Emily, that's so profound. I love what you just said. The point of meditation is not to get good at meditation. The point of meditation is to get good at life. And I love that reframe. That's powerful stuff. Thanks. Stephen, did that help in any way? Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah, obviously take all that on board. It's fantastic. I'll visit our website after this webinar. Great. Amazing, Stephen. Thank you for being part of this. I love what you just said about just start your program, play the video and let you do the work. But how do we get the child to sit still for 15 minutes and invest that time watching this. Okay, so here's the great news. 
they don't have to sit still. Actually, in the play program, four to eight-year-olds, we start by shaking out the stormies. We wrote an amazing song. My friend Jared, who's this awesome performer, he wrote this theme song. And so we have them identify their feelings and then we shake through them. So it's really physical. And then we engage their imagination by imagining a balloon in their bellies. And for the preteens, we actually start with something called squeeze me. So they're going through and they're pressing and releasing every part of their body, which ends up being almost like a full body acupressure treatment. So it's actually quite physical, which is preparing the body for the meditation. And then we're really engaging the mind. At no point am I like, sit still, don't scratch, don't move, don't think, because that's like punishment. I guess as much, because I know how remarkable a teacher you are, which is why you are a chief teacher of meditation on Mind Valley. But how do I convince my 13-year-old to move away from his virtual reality Oculus Quest 2? How do I convince my seven-year-old to get off her favorite YouTube educational channel to invest 15 minutes watching this thing on a screen? Yeah. So I would say, what's the Oculus virtual reality? Like what world is he in? What's he doing there? He's hooked on this game called Creed. It's a virtual reality boxing game. Okay. Boxing. I would look up, find out if Muhammad Ali had a meditation practice. Like right. who's the best boxer in the world to find out if they were a meditator and then talk about that at dinner. Talk about how some physical thing that you did where meditation made you better at it. And so again, we're moving them towards the positive. You know, we as humans are very carrot oriented. You know, we're all in the I'll be happy when syndrome. Your son likely thinks that if he can just get to the next round of this boxing Oculus world, then he will be happy. So it's a sales pitch, right? It's like, okay, this meditation thing is going to help you to be better at boxing. And, you know, the harsh reality is that these things are addictive. YouTube is addictive. Virtual reality is addictive. And you're the boss you're in charge. If it comes to it where you're like, okay, this is really becoming a problem, or this is so important to me. If the carrot doesn't work, then you can use the thing that they love as a bit of a boundary. Okay. You can do the Oculus right after we do the meditation, just like you have dessert after you have your vegetables. Kids don't want to eat vegetables either, but you don't just stop feeding them vegetables. You try new creative ways. You put it in a smoothie, you mix it up with mustard, you get vegetables into your child's mouth. (laughs) And it's the same thing with meditation. You don't just offer it one time. You're like, well, they didn't want to do it. I guess it's not for them. You have to keep inviting them. And here's the trick here. And this is not a problem for you, obviously, but kids are going to learn by example. They're going to do what we do, not what we say. And so if you want your child to be less stressed, the best thing that parents can do is handle their own stress. There's actually a fascinating study from Yale that came out was dealing with childhood anxiety, and they didn't even treat the children's anxiety at all. They only had the parents start therapy. As the parents started therapy and their stress reduced, 90% of the childhood anxiety reduced. Wow. Well, firstly, that's a really powerful study. Fascinated by that. I want to bring up our next guest. This is Daniel Mina. Daniel, thank you for your question. Daniel is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, and he has a question in introducing meditation in a class setting. Daniel, I'm going to bring you live right now to ask your question and dialogue with Emily. Daniel, welcome. You're now a panelist. Hello. Hi. Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Great. Wonderful. So, yeah, my question, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. I own a martial arts school in Connecticut in U.S. Our classes are five to seven-year-olds, usually about 10 to 12 people. And I was wondering, I've been wondering this for a while, how to implement meditation into their practice. So I was wondering if you had any recommendations on how to do so. 
Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for teaching jujitsu to those kids. And that's yeah. so exciting that you want to introduce meditation to that age group. Like I said, I think it's a great time to learn. So Ziva Kids is designed to teach the kids directly. It's not a teacher training. So I would say if you wanted to introduce it to the kids, I'd be happy to give you the way to do that in a group. When you enroll, yeah. you could do up to 10 kids. We created that because so many people are doing school pods or they have a book club or something going with their kids because school is happening in untraditional ways right now. So there's that. But as far as like you wanting to lead an exercise, I'm assuming that's what you're asking. Like you want to lead an exercise yes. yourself for the kids. So in that case, I would recommend staying with mindfulness because okay. that is a bit safer to do if you're not a meditation teacher, if you're not certified as a teacher yet. Mindfulness can look like breath work. It can look like a guided visualization, a really simple one. One of the things that we do inside Aziva Kids, so the prep work is the belly balloon breathing. So you could have the kids all imagine their favorite color balloon in their belly and then take a big breath into it and imagine that balloon getting bigger and bigger. And then you can hiss out as you exhale. So no, as soon as you mentioned that the first time, I was like, oh, absolutely. That's going in right away. <laughs> Belly balloon breathing. And then if they like it and they seem like they're really interested, and you can introduce them to the whole Ziva Kids program and know that we're working now to start working with schools so that whole schools could license it. So if your jujitsu gym wanted to license it for all mm-hmm. of the students, we could talk about that. But I would say to start, belly balloon breathing is a really great way to engage their imagination. And you're really going to be slowing down the exhale, which helps to soothe the vagus nerve, which is the super highway between the brain and body. And you could do an experiment. Like one day, don't do it. And then the next day, do. And notice if you see a difference in their performance. And more importantly, notice if they see a difference in their performance. Wonderful. Now, do you suggest doing this in the beginning or the end? Of, of the class in the beginning. Yeah, we meditate to get good at life. This is awesome. Daniel, thank you for such an amazing question. And thank you, Vision. Code of the Extraordinary Mind literally changed my life, and I want to say thank you. Absolutely. And so much respect for jiu-jitsu instructors. I'm a big martial artist fan, and I learned so much from my martial arts teacher. I studied Taekwondo, and so have firm respect for all the martial art teachers here. I see there's another teacher in the audience, Yuri Minsky, as well. It's so cool yeah. to see so many martial artists showing up for this call. Thank you, Daniel. And we're going to bring up the next question, which is really relevant. And I'm curious about this as well. And it has to do with children and ADD. Let me find the question. Here it is. It's by Deanne Johnson. Deanne, I'm going to bring you up to ask your first question, the one with the most votes, the one on ADD. So Deanne has a 13-year-old nephew who suffers from ADD or has been diagnosed with ADD. Sorry, I shouldn't have used the word suffer. Deanne, please phrase your question to Emily. Emily, my nephew and I have been working towards getting him some positive interaction. I have a business where I work with wood. So I thought, hey, he can work with his hands. He still deals with trying to figure out how to get his mind here as opposed to all over. Is there something that we can sit down and do even for just five minutes before we start working? Yeah. So thank you so much for taking such care and love with your nephew. It's so beautiful. And what a great thing to give him the gift of working with his hands in this digital age. I'm curious to know how much physical activity he's having. Because I know sometimes if the mind is everywhere, sometimes it's energy that wants to be expressed physically, but doesn't have a way to. Do you have a gauge of how many hours a day he's doing physical activity? Minimal. Okay. And is there any way to increase that? Probably not from my side, other than when he's with me. I mean, we could do something before we start working. Okay. And that's not something you think his parents would be open to? Not likely. 
Okay. But he does come to work with me right from school. So, I mean, he does have physical education in school and that kind of thing. And how many times do you to see with you? Twice a week. That would be the thing that I would recommend starting with is actually doing some physical activity. Maybe even the thing I'm thinking right now is the seven minute workout app. It's just a seven minute high intensity interval training, but it's simple things like jumping jacks and push-ups and chair step-ups, but it's fun. And there's like a boxing bell and it's 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds. And you're going as hard as you can on one thing at a time. And I think that that physical exertion, your kids are very much like puppies. I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. (laughs) But if you have a hyperactive puppy, the first thing they say is tire them out physically. If you want to teach them a new skill, if you try and teach a puppy how to sit or stay or jump and they're like, it's hard for them to concentrate. But if you take them on a long run and then if you're in pole position, right, if you're leading the run, then it's teaching them that they can follow you. It's teaching them that they can be the beta. It's also tiring them out so they can be more receptive to new information. I know for me, if I don't move my body, my mind just starts spinning on overdrive. Even me as a meditation teacher, 12 years in, I can feel like I have ADD if I'm not eating properly or not exercising. So that would be the thing I would recommend first. It's just, we can make it a game, right? Let's run across the room 10 times, or let's jump as high as we can, or let's crawl under this thing. If he's not into like a workout, you can make it a game. I would recommend a burst of physical activity to start. And then after that, you could use the belly balloon breathing that I was just teaching to Daniel. So that's just imagining a balloon in their belly. I would say, what's your favorite color? It's like purple. Great. Imagine a beautiful purple balloon empty in your belly. And let's take the biggest breath we've ever taken. And let's expand that balloon as big as we possibly can. And then we hiss it out. And as you're leading him, you want to make sure that the exhale is longer than the inhale, because again, that's the magic trick to help calm down the vagus nerve. Five minutes of intense physical activity, even two minutes of that breathing. And my guess is he's going to be a lot more present, a lot more in his body, like any of us would be. Excellent. One of the things that I really loved about watching your classes is the amount of energy that you have. So it shows that, hey, you can have all of this energy and still be here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Deanna, for your question. And Emily, thank you so much for spending this last 45 minutes with us. So for those of you who are listening to go deeper, and I'm going to be doing this, Emily, I'm going to be taking my kids every Saturday. I just made a mental commitment. I'm going to do this with my son, with Ziva Kids Grow, and with my daughter, with Ziva Kids Play, every Saturday. I'm going to get them on this program. If you're interested as well, go to zivameditation.com forward slash kids. And zivameditation.com is where you can learn all about meditation and the incredible work that Emily is doing to bring meditation to the masses. And of course, all of you who are Mind Valley members, you can take Emily's program. It's part of Mind Valley membership. You have full access to it. It's called the M word. Go and sign up for it. Emily, yesterday we were doing a live call with another teacher. We had someone step up. I asked for Mind Valley stories, and this person was sharing his story about how Mind Valley had changed the lives of him and his wife because as he started practicing it, his wife started getting hooked on it as well. And one of the programs he mentioned of the three programs that changed his life was the M word. He said he never thought he could meditate before. But after going through the M word, he started a regular meditation practice and then his wife joined in. And now they are perfectly happily married, Zen, peaceful couple. So thank you so much, Emily, for for your profound impact on the world. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep shining. And for those of you who love this session, go check out zivameditation.com forward slash kids.
Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all of these beautiful questions. And those of you who have the M word, this is perfect because you can have your own practice and then lead by example with your children. And then your whole family can meditate together and can create something that creates intimacy versus separation in your family. So thank you for having me. Thank you for the impact you've had on my life. I love you very much. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.